Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm right here, boss, man. I got this, yeah. Today, we got some good stuff on the agenda. Uh, Danny's paying up. He's paying up his bet. He's drinking a shot of Malort uh, for the Weidman W on my end. Um, we're going to do small betting recap for last week's card. Uh, it was a good one. Um, and then we're also going to preview UFC 252, the Stipe Cormier trilogy. Um, so we'll get into it now. We're trying to shorten these up for everybody. Um, but so, yeah, so the video, we're going to take, we don't do a video pod here. It's all audio. Um, but because this is so amazing, go follow our Twitter, uh, at ankle pick pod to watch the video. Danny might vomit. Um, but we're excited. Danny, let's go. We need a taste test too. We need, yeah, this is, this is one of those, this is one of those moments where I look back on past Danny and (laughs) shake my head. Well, Uh, how long is the bet that we lost here? for, For our listeners that might not have caught that bet. Correct, correct. So, so last week, Danny and I, uh, when we were previewing our bats, we had a little bit of a disagreement um, on the Chris Weidman fight. He was fighting uh, Amari Akhmedov, and Danny thought that the wrestling of the smaller man would hold up, and, it, you know, I, I disagree. You know so what? Maybe, you know what? It did for <laughs> a little bit. It did, it did for a little bit. Round two when Weidman was gas. So, anyways, here on this pod, uh, we're all about betting here. We're all about making money. Um, but we're also all about the punishments. And so there will be more bets like this in the future, um, all about making us suffer for being wrong about our ridiculous takes in UFC. Um, So my alcohol choice that I chose for him is Malort. Um, It is the earwax of alcohol. It is the, I want to kick my mouth in the nuts of alcohol. So Danny is going to give us a review of Malort. Take the finish. I'm not. I'm uh, not gonna fucking finish this bottle. He's not gonna finish this, but only a, only a couple fight cards later, and, and it'll be gone. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. He's gone. <laughs> there will be more bets like this coming. I'm saving this bottle of Malort for maybe next time. Wait, no. I, I advise that up. you. I advise that you go ahead and get yourself a bottle of Hideous uh, Reese. I will. I will. The other thing too is Danny uh, was doing some research about what what drink he was gonna drink because we saying it can't just be one shot. He's gonna drink throughout. He found a little concoction called the Obama bottle. I, I didn't. I didn't end up getting the highball champagne, but um, I'll, I'll drop. A, I'll drop a shot of the Malort into into like a cup of beer and, and make my own <laughs> Danny bomb. Well, get a trash can nearby. <laughs> Danny, Danny the Danny oh, bomb corner. So let's um, let's get this review going. Yeah, I mean, hey, I guess I guess the only thing I want to say is is while I t- while I take this shot, I want you guys to think. I'll think back to my question that I asked last week. When was the last time that Chris Weidman impressed you? Because to me, I can't remember it. And even with his victory, I still can't remember it. You all-American pussy Chris Weidman. Here's to you. <laughs> oh, the aftertaste. Dude, the aftertaste of the Lord's what's got you. <sighs> yeah, at first it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it hangs. It hangs. 
<laughs> That's the main time. Remember that wrestling, dude. Ooh. Remember that. Um, I mean, but I'll be quick to fade Chris Weidman in every single one of his other, like, upcoming fights. Um, I think there was a rumor that he might have Brunson next, and that'll just be a murder. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll cross that bridge uh, when we get there. So, anyways, oh. um, Danny's going to have more Malort in his future. Uh, maybe another drink or two tonight. Certainly. Um, and you'll hear a lot of ughs in the background, but it, just know, Weidman, Chris Weidman, I love you. You did it. Uh, tell tell Matt Sarah Barely. Uh, and Ray Longo, thank you for me. Okay, so now we're going to go and do a quick uh, betting recap of last week. Um, again, if you don't follow our Twitter, you might have missed out, but um, a lot of winning last week for us. A lot of winning. Uh, Danny, you want to talk about some of your wins last yeah, week? Yeah, definitely. Um, so just in, in, in all my bets, I ended up up 5.36 units. Pretty good night. Um, we touched on the Akhmedov underdog pick was an L that happened to be my only L of the night for two units. I hit, um, Darius for three Sanchez for one at an underdog price. Um, Gavin Tucker, as Reese mentioned on the last podcast that he was pretty high on. I think we all cashed there and then a pretty low stakes parlay of the Yusuf Zalal, Holland, Nasrat and Rivera all cashed yeah. early in the night. Those are good plays. We actually, so we actually, the good thing is we all, other than the Weidman fight, we agreed um, pretty much down the card. Uh, we all were really much on board with most of what we had here. So Gavin Tucker was a guy. Um, I watched him fight Rick Glenn way back in the day. He got mauled. Uh, up and coming prospect. That kind of de derailed him for a little while. Um, it was really nice to see him back in action. Uh, and he really just absolutely dominated. So that was a good one for us. Um, Andrew Sanchez. We both were on him at that underdog line against Wellington Terman. That, that fight, not only was that a vicious knockout, um, but Andrew Sanchez showed me he's someone to be, you know, I, I know Wellington Terman's young and he's got a long way to go, but uh, I was very impressed by that. The night was full um, of fun finishes. Yeah, that card, for people who weren't that excited about the card because the main event was uh, definitely sketch at best, um, but holy crap, that card panned out. A lot of finishes. Um, that Nasrad fight was a big bet for us. He looked really good. Um, Holland looked great. Mm -hmm. You know, don't Buckley, man. That guy's a that guy's a gamer. He's ready to stand and brawl. Um, so yeah, Tim. And then that Darius knockout was savage. I know he came in over, oh. and so he missed out on the bonus. But yeah. oh my god, was that spinning back forearm awesome? That was actually a stand-up thing by Darius. She actually said in the post-fight interview that if that is bonus worthy, just to give it straight to Holtzman, uh, because. He, you know, it's unprofessional Miss Wade and yada, yada, yada. I, I, I like seeing him stand up like mm -hmm. that. Uh, Darren Stewart was a, a group win as well. I was so, actually wrong on that one. Um, I, that, was a, that was a no bet for me, but on the podcast uh, or on, on the main event challenge or whatever, I, I, had, I had coconut bombs. Um, I didn't see it ending like that, and Darren Stewart impressed me. That was cool. There you go. Yeah, so we'll have an update on the main event challenge as well. Um, so, Danny, is there any, like, one or two – fights you want to talk about here like uh, i know you want to maybe touch in on that darius fight um, um that was one I, that hit for you. i don't know i i don't i don't think we need to go too deep in the weeds here on a uh, last week um i'd love to transition it to kind of just some current events on whether it's the ion kutalaba getting corona and having to drop off the card or even just kind of the Corey anderson to bellator news that i think that mm. shocked everyone in the mma world this week yeah um, that Corey Anderson story really developed. He was talking about how, um, how, he, how mishandled his injuries were in his last knockout loss, um, I believe, to Jan Blahovich. He 
was uh, released from the, doc the UFC doctor's care a little bit too early. Um, and he actually passed out and landed on his face and had some pretty gnarly injuries um, and was in the hospital for a while. So he was asking to be released. He still had some fights up on his contract. And he said, you know, I, I got mistreated here. I, I, I no longer want to be a part of the UFC. Um, and he moved to Bellator. So he'll definitely be a threat there. Um, I mean, it had felt like he had been being mistreated for a while. And I mean, I'm sad because the light heavyweight division is just getting weaker. Um, and it's already shallow to begin with. But um, it felt like Corey Anderson had been getting disrespected for a while. Even just most recently going to the Johnny Walker fight, everyone was talking about how if Johnny Walker got the win, he's next in line for John Jones. But no one cared when Corey Anderson fucking scorched him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people like the young up-and-coming prospects. Corey Anderson's been a guy who's been around for a little while. Um, I remember him getting viciously knocked out by Jimmy Manoa, who – that uh, lost didn't age too well. One thing I did want to touch on, though, for last week's card is the perspective of uh, the casual fan, Parker and Kobe. Uh, Danny and I haven't missed a fight card in some time now. Uh, but how, how, did, how did the fight card hold up for you guys? Would you, do you guys have any thoughts on what you saw last week? So the thing Kobe and I were watching together, and the main card I think I paid the most attention to, I guess I had a few questions just like, I know, like, Lewis won the fight, but, like, in the first round, it didn't look good for him. Like, it was, like mm – -hmm. so, like, what goes through his head in terms of just, like, is he – did he not prepare well enough or is he just trying to gauge his opponent? But, like, on the other end of that is Olenek. Like, obviously, he just – he came out there just trying to win the fight, but, like, it was – we all bet Lewis to win in big fashion. It just seemed very – I was kind of caught off guard at that in the first round. I was, was also surprised that – Derek Lewis wrestled him for, for a round. Uh, everyone was saying that Alexi's only chance in that fight was to pull off a sub, and it was more likely he would get the win the more time that was spent on the ground. I was surprised it went there so early. Yeah, that was a confusing thing, decision by uh, Derek Lewis to me as well. The thing that was even more confusing, though, not confusing but shocking, was the weight difference. Uh, Derek Lewis had to cut down to 265, and Olenek, realistically, I know he's older, um, probably has no desire to put his body through that. But fighting at 225 at heavyweight, I mean, you are barely, barely in that division. Um, and so you, you really noticed it. He had a couple good squeezes on him. He had that uh, not a, uh, almost like a bulldog choke there for a little while. Um, and he just could not close because Derek Lewis was just so big. Um, so that was something that really shocked me that Olenek, I mean, that guy's a fighter. He's down to fight anyone, anytime. Um, but I'm shocked he would take that fight. Uh, Kobe, I think you said you had something to say. Yeah, it, it was the, it's the Tyson quote, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. That's like <laughs> Lewis's MO. Is, it, he just yeah. needs one strike, and all of a sudden it was over as soon as it, as soon as it landed. Um, that's all I had on that. It was kind of – that was the expectation of the fight for everyone. That's kind of how it results. So really no surprises on the, on that main, the main fight there. Um, the Darren Stewart finish, which it was like 20 to one in the sub finish. And <laughs> he ever had a sub finish. That was kind of interesting. Um, and then obviously with your guys side bet, I was real invested in the, uh, uh, I've met a Weidman fight, and that was fun to watch. And you guys are getting – It was a snooze fest. I mean, let's be honest here. It was fun to watch because of the implications. Totally. Totally. But it was boring. Drumming up an audience oh. all of a sudden, and that's the value of the podcast, right? Huh? Well, no, I bet I, on the fight, too, because of you guys. I bet on Weidman to win in the second round. Let's I just, go! I didn't, win the, I didn't win the bet because I asked him to win in the second round. 
and he didn't we win. But like, I was just like the first round, about. I'm like, hold off, hold off, don't knock him out. Second round, I'm like, you're too gassed to do anything. And the third round, obviously, you guys saw what happened. Um, yeah. But I definitely was looking forward to him winning in the second round so I could get a little payday. But that didn't end up in my favor for the casual. I will say that's the first time I've seen a banana split attempted in MMA. It's not so much of a useful MMA position. That was so weird. I'm honored, Parker, Whatever that you would uh, tail me over DK Capper over there. Um, okay. Enough on last week's card. Overall, an amazing card. A lot of finishes, uh, a lot of excitement. Um, and again, we had invested interest in the in the one snooze fest, so that was nice. Um, okay, this is one of the more exciting cards. Big, big, big pay-per-view. Um, the Daniel Cormier retirement fight, the trilogy. Um, one, one in this one. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so let's highlight any of the prelims that we might want to talk about. Um, Danny, any any prelim fights that really jump out on you in this card? Yeah, a couple. Um, first off, I want to highlight. Or I guess does the does the main card start with the Dodson fight or the Jim Miller fight? So it, the main card starts with the Dodson fight. Um, then okay. it goes the Burns fight, and then the the three uh, usual suspects that you would expect. So I, I guess I do want to highlight the uh, the featured prelim, the Jim Miller yeah. versus Michelle. Um, this should be a really fun one. Jim Miller is a guy who is an absolute nightmare on the mat. Um, a, a, a jujitsu black belt and an all American NCAA wrestler is a scary combination. Should this fight hit the ground? I, I think Vince is in for a long night. Um, yeah. he had a lot of trouble staying on his feet versus Gregor Gillespie. I think I'm going to go ride Miller here at the minus one Oh five price. I think he's the slight underdog but it's a pretty even matchup. But um, I think Jim Miller is just going to be an absolute nightmare for him Where if this fight hits the mat, and that's where most fights end. Yeah, I have a similar take. That was the one fight to me. I'm a little bummed, actually. Not bummed. Um, but both of these women's strawweight fights on the prelims, not too excited about either. Um, I actually do. I'm a little bit – I know that Felice Herrig has been – out for a while she last fought on the um mcgregor khabib ufc 229 i think um but this jandaroba girl i do want to highlight i think that she might have some of the best jujitsu in women's mma i think that yeah. the jandaroba by sub prop at plus 275 i was seeing this afternoon is is honestly good value um yeah police hair like, though she's the thing about yeah no she is she's it, and that's the thing, though, that worries me. You even saw it uh, on, on – you see it a lot, but you saw it on the Tuesday Night Contender Series um, in that McKenna fight. You, you, you see it a lot where when someone relies on their jiu-jitsu so much, and you're, you being a guy who likes uh, jiu-jitsu-based fighters, um, you can find yourself losing decisions. If right. You, don't, you know what I mean? It's, Spending it's a lot of time on your back. Very risky play. If someone has good ground and pound, and Felice Herrig has uh, definitely been around the block. She's – um, a veteran fighter. She fought on all oh, that rose season of Ultimate Fighter all the way back. So she, you know, she she's she has her experience in there. I agree though. Plus two seventy on the sub, definitely something that you could look at. Um, but keep in mind, Felice Herrig, she's fighting people the likes of Michelle Waterson, um, mm -hmm. Kunitskaya, Courtney Casey. Um, I mean, Paige Van Sant's more name than anything else. But you know, she's got she's got a long resume there. Uh, also, fun fact. Uh, Felice Herrick grew up in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. True story. Oh, wow. Yeah, isn't that pretty funny? Um, 
and and the thing about Jandarova is her only loss in her career is the second that she got to an average UFC level talent in Cookie Monster Carla Esparza. And so see, I, I so I always bet Carla Esparza. She recently cashed that underdog too. Um, she's someone that I feel like is really overlooked, underrated. She held uh, the inaugural title or or at least challenged for it. Um, and she's someone to me that has the experience and the skill set to uh, really beat a girl um, like Jana Roba, not get subbed by her. That um, that actually was the last fight that I taped just right before we started recording. Um, it was closer than I thought. Uh, yeah. Car- Carla won the unanimous decision, but she definitely got put on her butt and a couple clean judo, th- judo throws by Jandaroba. It was a, definitely a closer fight than I thought. Yeah, but no matter what, the, uh, the minus 300 line or 320 line from someone who wants to try to get that sub is always a risky proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sub prop, definitely look out for that. Again, uh, shameless plug, follow us at Ankle Pick Pod. We're going to post all our final bets um, as we get closer to the fight. We record these on Wednesday uh, to give our editor some time. So there's definitely a lot more to be figured out um, before they start on Saturday. Okay. Um, So, yeah, let's talk about that Jim Miller fight a little bit because that fight really interests me. Um, We dove off a little bit. But um, the Vince Michelle Jim Miller is interesting because stylistically, they're pretty different. Um, Vince Michelle's looking to stand, bang, exciting. And Jim Miller, he, he's a guy who wants to get it to the mat. 18 wins by submission, 10 by decision. Uh, he's a real grinder, been in, the, been in the, the UFC for a long time. One thing I want to add about Jim Miller. So he was talking about how – so he actually has Lyme disease, interestingly enough. I think a lot of people know that by now. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about that one losing skit he had. He 100% attributed it to – Lyme disease and how painful it was to train. He was thinking about retiring. He went into a dark spell with mental health. Since then, since that loss to Charles Oliveira to end the, man, five and one, one and five skid in his last but, six. But when we're looking at that one and five skid a little bit deeper, that's Dustin Poirier, Anthony Pettis, Francisco Trinaldo, Dan Hooker, and Charles Oliveira. Those For are sure. some killers. For sure. Absolute killers. Guys who are young, they mix – you look at a guy like Charles Oliveira and then you look at a guy like Dan Hooker, different fight um, tendencies and styles. It's more just – I'm just taking the words out of his mouth, what he said. Um, he was saying that – remember what, one of his post-fight wins, he actually – I think it was against Jason Gonzalez. He actually was crying uh, because the Lyme disease affected his life so bad. So that's an interesting thing about Jim Miller. Um, but he's gone 3-1 and one since then. Only lost to Scott Holtzman by decision, who is a bigger guy, very big for 155. But he beat, he stopped the uh, up-and-coming Roosevelt Roberts, mm-hmm. uh, we saw recently, um, by armbar. So, yeah, Danny, where are you going in this one? Who do you like and, uh, and why? Yeah, no, I definitely have Jim Miller at that um, kind of small underdog price at the minus 105. Uh, that actually is a bet that I have um, for, I think right now it's 1x, but when the official plays come out at ankle pick pod, you'll know for sure. Um, Jim Miller is just a guy who I think is an absolute nightmare on the mat and no one in their right mind wants to grapple with him. He, if you, if you look just, I, we usually we throw on the term gatekeeper all the time, but his losses going even as far back as like 2014, it's Cowboy Cerrone, Darius, Michael Chiesa, Diego Sanchez. And then that list that I just said, and in the meantime, he has wins over the likes of um, Yancey Medeiros, Joe Lozon, Takanori Gomi, um, 
Clay Guida and Roosevelt Roberts more recently. But yeah. the guys really fight, fought the who's who. And the thing is that a lot of people, uh, big fans of the sport, I, I, again, I've been watching this sport for a long, a long time, is people discount the experience. Um, they look at the age. They look at this up-and-coming hype train. I love it. Danny right now, for those, there's no video. Um, Danny's getting himself another shot of Malort, paying his dues. I freaking love it. Starting to think he likes this shit, the psychopath. I, <laughs> I just can't, I can't take one shot and call it paying up. It's got to be no, like right. one every Three. couple fights. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. I'm, I love it. Danny, we can say a lot of things about Danny, but a man who pays up is absolutely one of them. Um, and a man who can put down shitty liquor is another. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Kobe, we have a pickle juice coming your way if we ever do a bet. Oh, fuck that. I'm out on that. Oh, no. The casuals will be betting. Um, just know, just figure out Parker's weakness so we can really make him pay for the public. Um, just ride the hideous train. No one likes yeah. hideous. I will find out. I'm going to have to order myself a bottle. Um, not that I'm ever going to lose. It's going to get <laughs> Um, But anyway, so really quickly, the thing about people discount um, experience, and I bet um, Tim Means last week because of the experience. Um, I thought he was going to be able to take dictate that fight and use his knowledge to get the W, and he did just that. So Jim Miller at the dog there definitely looks good to me. Um, Vince Pichel is definitely no joke. But uh, I see Jim Miller being overlooked and taking this fight exactly where he wants. Uh, okay, so we already have previewed uh, Danny's taking the shots in Malort. Um, the prelims have been discussed. And now we are on to the main event. Um, Did someone say shots of Malort? Shots of Malort. Danny's taken two so far. Uh, and three. Down the hatch it goes. That is so disgusting. I'm starting to think he likes it. Yeah, wash that beer back. The at for those who don't know what Malort is, feel free to look oh. it up. Chicago-based uh, liqueur, um, and it literally tastes like dog shit with an aftertaste of earwax, and it lasts a while. And Danny's face is showing that, like a um, like a fermented Jaeger. A ferment it just burns. It just it just burns. <laughs> it's terrible. like a, a lot. And it lingers. It lingers. It absolutely lingers. Um, so once again, uh, montage of Danny struggling because Wyman <sighs> got the easy W. Uh, we'll oh, be up on our I wouldn't say easy no, at all. No, I, I, I knew that start. If, if you were, but I'm not saying that you were you, yourself, Reese, but if you as a listener in general were someone who bet on Chris Weidman minus 160, you're a fucking idiot. So go ahead and go ahead and message uh, at Danny on Ankle Pick Pod and just talk shit because he's drinking earwax right now and he's trying to tell you guys you made the wrong pick. Balls of steel that kid has. I love it. Let's get into the main card. Okay. So starting off, Danny's prelim or Danny had the wrong uh, the card order all mixed up. Sure Dog and uh, Tapology's cards were all mixed up. Um, so we're starting the first. Uh, we're going back with main event challenge. Um, so for those listeners who've been around and then the new ones, um, essentially we go through our picks on the main event. Uh, we're not necessarily betting these. It's just um, more so we can dive into each individual fight and also keep a record of how we're doing. So we actually have. Do we have an updated standings, Kobe? Oh, um, sure do, Reese. Oh, sure. I love it. Let's get into it. Let's see how we're doing. Who's, so last who's week, Reese, Reese, today's host, was finishing first place last week with 13 points. Um, Parker, the, the secondary aggregator, second place with 11. Kobe and Max with 10. You know who to Danny follow. Eight. Okay, um, and what's this year today? Our season totals, our season totals, your primary aggregator, myself, 
uh, still sits in first place with 49 points. Reese in a close second with 46. Danny pretty steady in third with 40, even. Shiner, Max Shiner, Maxi Shines in, in fourth place with 35. And Parker, who started off in a, in the tie for last place when he finally joined, he trails by just one point with 34. And so and five of those points that third place Danny got were at a plus 275 clip. So uh, you can bump that up to – Who was that? I don't even know. That was the <laughs> Gustafson over – uh, oh. Or Doom Gustafson, where everyone else was on no, Gustafson no, when he Danny, got smashed. Danny's showing off the effects of Malort on quick math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs, he needs a, he's a tune his own horn. Okay, so we are a big punishment when you lose bets. So stay tuned. The main event challenge, at the end of the year, we're going to square up. The guy in last is going to have to do something terrible. Uh, Parker might be exempt. We'll see. Probably not, though, because uh, we're vicious. Um, so, and because he had a good uh, week. He strings we'll together those, two or three of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a t- he's got a chance to fight out of it. Um, so again, that'll all probably be content uh, on Twitter. But uh, if you like watching people suffer, uh, feel free to follow us there. Kobe has requested a pronunciation of the week. Um, this is a thing where we give him the most jacked up name on the card, and he has to attempt to get it right. So, Kobe, what's your attempt at who's fighting John Dotson? That was a good catch there, Reese. Another Georgian. I've had a couple of Georgian names uh, in the last four weeks, I think. But uh, I still do not have any uh, direction on the dialect, so that doesn't really help me. Um, Mayrab Valishvili. Okay. The, yeah. The D, the D is actually pronounced. It's Marab Devalishvili. Wow. Yeah, I know. Shocker. Yeah. Pronunciation is pretty good. Got pretty damn close. Forgot the D in Devalish Billy. Thought it was silent. Happened. So we're going to dive into this. Danny, go ahead. John Dotson, Marab Devalish Billy. Yeah, this is an awesome one. Um, Marab is an absolutely super exciting um, prospect. Um, and John Dotson, or John Dotson is the journeyman, the perennial, I, I use this word all gatekeeper. the time, gatekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you we look at the bosses, it's Marlon Marais, it's Piotr Jan, it's Jimmy Rivera, it's Demetrius Johnson. The guy has been at the top of this bantamweight division for his entire career. He's a Jackson Wink um, trained fighter. He's, I mean, he's an absolute energizer bunny explosion of energy every time he's in the ring. This is an interesting one for me because I'm a big Marab fan. When I look at Marab's fights, he kind of dominates with his pressure and with his pace, and he kind of weaponizes his top control to almost overwhelm all the fighters. He, do- he doesn't seem to win in close fights. He seems to dominate. Um, and Dodson is weird. He's a guy who, I, I mean, I've seen push the pace better than almost anyone in the world. He seems to be so explosive with his energy. It's a tough one for me to pick. Um, I know I alluded to it right before we started recording, but I think I'm going to pick Marab here, but play Dodson at the plus 190 value. I love that number. Um, Marab is, I think Marab is the better fighter and Dodson's much older, but Dodson has the experience and Dodson doesn't like to be bullied when it comes to pace. I think that he's going to be tough for, um, tough for Marab here. Mm. Yeah, I actually – so he's going – yeah, so he's going uh, Marab, and, and by uh, what method? Oh, I'll go Marab by decision for the game. Okay, but I okay, think okay. I'm going to lay one unit 
on John Dodson at the plus one ninety price. That, yeah, we'll that we'll touch awesome. we'll touch on uh potential bets right right after this main event challenge. Um, so for me on this one, uh, I actually have a very similar take to Danny. Um, John Dodson's been a guy been around for a while. He was on a way way old school Ultimate Fighter. Uh, been in the UFC for a while. Fought a lot of good guys. Um, up and coming prospect Nathaniel Wood. Uh, who used to fight out of Cage Warriors. He TKO'd him last time out. But he's fought guys like Peter Yan, Jimmy Rivera, as uh, Danny touched on. So, I mean, that TJ Dillashaw KO from way back when is just way, Oh, yeah. That, that was on the all time. Fighter. Yeah. That was on the Fighter. The yeah, finale, right? Yeah, that was the finale. That was crazy. That was for the, the, the contract in the show. That was before TJ uh, cheated. So, <laughs> so <laughs> here's the thing with me on this one is I love Marab. I'm not a fan of the camp. I think Sarah Longo's old school fighting. I think that they, um, I mean, they're no team alpha male. I hate team alpha male. Um, but Sarah Longo also is another one. I, I don't, I don't love when fighters come out of there. Um, the thing that worries me is, so when you look at Marab's record, uh, for those of you who, who are not familiar with Marab, he's a great fighter, but the Frankie sign split decision was like hands in the air. What are the judges watching? Big, big, big um, question mark there. And then he also got uh, submitted by Ricky Simone. And Ricky Simone, obviously, no slouch, no joke. Um, but it happened at the end of the fight. If you go ahead and watch that one, at the very, like, literally. Last second. Five, last second. Tapology and has it as five minutes in round three. Five minutes, me too. And the, and the thing is, is they're still up in debate if he actually went out. He was kicking his feet. Um, he seemed to be with it, but he stumbled a little too much going back to the chair. I remember correctly, they actually called it a technical submission, um, not a tap out, but a technical submission. So another questionable loss. After that, he ripped off four straight wins. Uh, Terry and Ware now out of the UFC, uh, but Brad Katona was a great win. Casey Kennedy, and then also Gustavo Lopez. So, uh, is it the top-notch talents like John Dotson's facing? Absolutely not. Uh, he's a force to be reckoned with, no doubt. Though the thing that scares me, Danny, and I'm interested to see what you think on this. John Dotson's biggest disadvantage at fighting at 135 is the fact that he's 5'3". He likes to strike, has a lot of power in his hands, but he's 5'3". And making up that range is tough. The problem is, in this, or not the problem, I guess the good thing is, in this matchup, I don't see being 5'3 an issue against Marab. Marab's looking to grapple with you. Marab is looking to put you, um, to dominate you in the clinch. He's looking to... Uh, ground and pound. He's looking to just basically win, grind out decisions by just overall ragdolling you. I mean, everyone's the same height on on the mat. I don't. And when you're looking at clinch game, sometimes it's good to be the smaller fighter because you can have that leverage. So people, so underhooks are the way for fighters to control in the clinch. Um, underhooks allows you to basically gain control. It's just sliding both arms or a arm um, under the opponent's armpits so you can control their body weight. When you're the smaller fighter and you have that lower center of gravity, you're able to, you know, push your shoulder into their solar plex and kind of be able to dictate where this fight's going. Um, when you're the bigger fighter, the taller guy, um, it's a little harder to, you know, control the man in the clinch. You see what I'm saying? Because the center of gravity, um, he's so much smaller, his head's in your solar plex. How are you going to be able to really uh, control him? So it's an interesting one for me. Um, for the game, I'm with Danny. For the game, I'm going Marab by decision. I'm not confident in that by any means. Uh, I just think that Marab being so young, being so hungry, um, and having that mentality of 
I'm going to be the next great thing. I have the skill set to be the next great thing. Um, I think he gets a nail-biting split decision. Um, so I'm going to go Marab by decision. However, um, Danny and I most likely will be laying the same thing. Uh, I think Dotson at the plus 190 clip or plus 200 clip is crazy value. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry for the rant. Very passionate about that one. Parker, Kobe, let's hear your takes. I'm not going to stray from the uh, the picks here of the experts on the pod. So I'm going to go with Diwali Shvili, which I believe I pronounced correctly even the second time. Nice. Dude, it was sexy. Uh, I'm going to up a decision here. there. Okay. Well, since I'm not sitting in first place like the other aggregator is, I think I'm going to go with John Dotson. Um, by Let's KO. go! Jason. And for Parker, I, I'm making the decision right now for Parker – that's a double value play because it's plus 190. So he has a potential to get 10 points there. As I we'll, say. Work, we'll work on the scoring system for right now. No, because we haven't had it the entire time. I mean, wouldn't you prefer me to beat Shiner so that Shiner gets the, the punishment? I would love nothing more than to watch Shiner eat diarrhea. But however, that's not the case. The game has worked. But we'll It'll be Malort, not diarrhea. Malort is worse than diarrhea. So you're right, Malort. Um, we'll figure it out. Uh, but for now, he's locking in Dotson. How do you how do you think it's gonna end, Parker? Uh, let's go KO. I I actually love that pick. Do you know the prop line on that? Um, I actually am curious. I actually am betting up because I'm a complete degen. Uh, most people when they open up their browser, their saved history is like Google. Um, or like their opening thing is Bing, Google, MS. Mine is just best fight odds. Uh, the only way to do it. Um, so let's see. I did not fight? think that's where going oh it is okay Dotson uh to win by KO is plus 404 so you're getting double the value that he that he knocks his ass out but Pico Dotson has some explosive hands and he's so quick with those strikes this is a real nice pick I gotta be honest I'll be be betting that for real I'll be putting at least if he can if he can close the distance on Marab Mind you, I don't love the camp, and he's he's still um, a baby when it comes to MMA experience and terms. You really have a look at that fight. Uh, I just I'm a I'm a Marab guy, but you that is a great dog pick there. Um, and as you can see by our, uh, oh, what's the word for like our sentiment? That's what I was looking for. As you can see by our sentiment, uh, we probably will be laying dots in here on the pod. Okay, on to the next one. And this one is another – this main card, people have given it a little bit of slack because they feel like the only title fight to Stipe – or it is. But the only title fight to Miocic Cormier. We've been spoiled by the multi-title fight pay-per-views. We have been. This card is is good. Uh, A lot of exciting fights. I'm excited to see all of them. And a lot of big names too. A lot of big prospects trying to prove themselves. sure. Yeah, a lot of people – so what I've learned about big pay-per-view cards from my experience watching UFC is you find out where the hype trains start because random guys who don't watch those, the, the Derek Lewis, Alexio Linnick cards um, find out about guys they like on these pay-per-views. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Jaya Rosenstruck has a chance to make a name for himself. Sean O'Malley already kind of has a name for himself, but that's a good segue into our next uh, fight. Danny, you're going to go first again, because I know you have a ton of, uh, things to say. Herbert Burns, ah, fuck me. Cut that, Parker. <laughs> Herbert Burns versus Daniel Pineda. Uh, this is the second fight on the main card. Danny, go ahead. Let's see what you have to say. Yeah, Herbert Burns is the younger brother of Gilbert, who uh, is next in line for Kamaru. Um, 
Herbert is of the same uh, jujitsu pedigree. I think they're both IBJJF world champs. Um, although Herbert has definitely less powerful hands, being a lightweight to um, Gilbert's welterweight. I my pick here is Burns by sub. Um, Daniel Pineda is a guy out of PFL who I really don't trust. Um, honestly, all of the guys that have been coming out of PFL in the past couple of months have been pretty unimpressive. And not to mention, um, Daniel Pineda has had the most trouble with PEDs that I've seen. Um, he, he has won his last two fights in the PFL, and they've both been retroactively turned to no contest because he got popped for these PEDs. And I don't think that it got – I mean, I don't think that a clean-fighting Daniel Pineda has a shot against Herbert Burns. And the, we all know the UFC and USADA is pretty strict when they're fighting in Vegas. Um, I, don't, I think it was the John Jones-DC fight that got moved from Vegas to L.A., because yeah. of the USADA stipulations. I think it's Herbert Burns. It's probably because uh, you, the reason why you're saying that a clean Daniel Pineda can't beat Herbert Burns is because I'm pretty confident you don't think a, a roided up Daniel Pineda could beat Herbert Burns. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so you're going uh, Burns by sub? Definitely. I think Burns round two. I don't I, I don't I've, I've got to pull up best fight odds, but um, – the round two like, prop actually really interesting. Well, I know the eyes. line. Yeah, the line on that fight as a whole is looking to be. I'm sure it's a big favorite. Best fight odds also. So yeah, Burns in Burns in round two is plus four fifty, and that's Burns her three hundred. I won't say that it's an official play just yet. It might be on my sheet come. That's a crazy uh, play. Saturday, but Burns in round two is something I really like. So, um. So to help the aggregators out, I'm going to take a little take on this. Uh, I was actually talking to a friend who who is is moderate in the UFC. I mean, he's, but he likes Sure Dog. Uh, he like knows enough about it to know a lot of these fighters. And he told me Daniel Pineda is making his USA de- UFC debut. Here's the problem: I've been watching UFC for so freaking long that I remember when this man fought in the UFC. Um, so right. he's got a lot of experience. Fought all the way back in the day. Uh, Pat Schillen's a name that comes to mind. Um, Chaz Scully, that was before, that was in Bellator, but Bellator was big back then. Um, but he's, you know, he's, he's got a lot of experience and a lot of fights under his belt. Herbert Burns is a hype train that has yet to be derailed. Um, the thing, the one thing that makes me go Herbert Burns in this fight is I don't see him getting subbed. And Daniel Pineda leads on the submissions. Uh, he has 18 victories by submission. He does have eight KO victories. But when you when you tape him and you watch him, he likes to try to take it to the point where um, he he can submit you. And he, and he's not it's not a guy who uh, has 18 submissions and he has 18 guillotines. You know, I mean he's he's pulling off triangles, he's pulling off guillotines, he's pulling off rear naked chokes, he's pulling off kimuras. You know, I mean this guy is a well-rounded jujitsu practitioner. He's slick However, off his back. Slick. However, though, it's a 145 pound division. Can, do you really think that in a BJJ grappling match, Burns loses to Pineda? I don't think so, personally. I think they're both phenomenally talented, insanely talented. Um, I just think that this is a bad draw for Pineda. I respect him. I think that he's he's been a bit of a journeyman. He's fought, like you said, he's fought in PFL. He's fought in Bellator. He fought in UFC a while ago. He's fought in Fury MMA. He's fought – I mean, he's fought in 
so many promotions. Um, I don't think he's washed up just yet. I really think a better draw, uh, he could he could make some noise. I just Herbert Burns is just too good uh, on not only on the ground but just in general. Uh, he's a lot younger, a lot bigger. Um, so I'm gonna go Herbert Burns, but by decision, not sub. Herbert Burns okay. by decision. Um, I just think he's gonna be able to fight off those submissions, um, and I think he's gonna be able to ground and pound his way uh, to a nice little victory. Uh, the reason okay, I might be a little bit biased, but um, go little brothers. Definitely. Yeah, we definitely are biased. We like we like that Burns family. Um, big fans of them. So the aggregators, come on in. Let's hear what you have to say. Burns versus Pineda. Burns sub. I'll okay. stick on the hype train. Okay. Uh, Burns by decision. Burns. Okay. Parker, thank you. Look at that. We got we got a sub for, for a little extra points here. We got a sub and or decision. Pineda could shock us all. Who knows? Um, okay, so we dove a little deep into that one too. This one should be a little more surface because it's just, hey, who's going to get the knockout? Uh, heavyweight match, JDS versus Jair Rosenstruth. Um, Danny, who you got? Yeah, so I actually I actually have this as my biggest bet of the night. It's only 2X, but uh, I'm on Biggie Boy here. I'm on the favorite, Jarzinho. Um, he's absolutely explosive power. He's tough as shit. Uh, I do like he is a very raw prospect. I know he's has like he's some kind of kickboxing record of like seventy eight six and one. But in terms of MMA, he's a pretty raw prospect. He does a he has a lot of habits in his striking that I don't love. Whether it's not pulling back his jab quick enough, or whether it's kind of throwing naked overhands that albeit have a lot of power but aren't disguised and aren't hidden very well um but i do looking at singano's kind of record he he's had a lot of trouble with power punchers and even curtis blades not being a power puncher he had trouble taking curtis blades punches i think that the wars that he had with um kane velasquez and stipe and overeem have taken years off his life. I don't think that JDS's chin is near where it was when he was a title holder. Um, I've got I've got Biggie Boy here for two units. And that's how I see it, yeah. Okay, I like it. Um, for me, this one's tough. Uh, I've been a big uh, Singanu fan for a long time. That's JDS. Um, the thing is, is to me, his last couple outings, Curtis Blades, who I think is a future heavyweight champ with that wrestling, um, you know, Do you TKO. think he beats Ngannou? Not to go too tangent, but... Blades already lost twice to Ngannou, so it's tough to, to put my faith behind him. Um, but I think there's so much growth opportunity for Blades. I mean, we'll get into the heavyweight a... division in the yeah, next... He just, no, yeah, he just has such a strong... For me, he just has such a strong um, wrestling... Uh, foundation and to me I think that's the most important discipline when you look at guys who are going to be future champs um, if you look up and down the board uh, they all tend to have a very strong wrestling background wrestling to me is the most important discipline um, and Blaze's wrestling foundation is phenomenal but TKO um, I remember watching that Ngannou fight uh, I thought JDS's experience might help him out again looked like he quit honestly I, if you rewatch that fight so scared you, I'm never going to say he quit. He, he's a warrior, and he's been in the game for so long. Uh, I just didn't like what I saw there. 
Um, and, and then, you know, you look, you got TKO'd by Stipe, a couple of his opponents, I think Derek Lewis, Ty Tuivasa, and uh, Bogoy Ivanov are all very beatable opponents. So you look at a guy like JDS, and you look at this up-and-coming Jair Rosenstreich. Here is my concern with this one. Here's my one concern with this one. Jaya Rosenstruck is so raw, but so powerful. And he's won knockouts off jabs. I mean, that fight against uh, Alan Crowder was, was literally a jab that knocked the man out. I mean, he's got insane power. The thing for me is I – so Alistair, he beat Alistair Overeem, which got him that fight with Ngannou that I, he never – he had no business being in that ring. Right. Oh, can I talk really quick on that Overeem I love, fight? I, I thought he lost more. that fight. Um, he, so, I mean, obviously, yeah, so he, obviously, he got the the he split Overeem's face in half with seven right. seconds to go or whatever. No, that was but, four seconds. Yeah, no, that's right. it exactly. That that's. But exactly I thought he was complete. I thought he was down on every scorecard. I thought that he had sure. gotten out kickboxed at, as as so, a guy who has this giant pedigree of I think I mentioned the seventy eight six and one or whatever record. I think he got out positioned and out kickboxed in that. It wasn't yeah. up for debate, in my opinion, either. I had 50-45 until that last punch, which projectiled into Ngannou, who he obviously was severely outclassed. So when I was analyzing this fight and when I was taping this fight, I looked. Because Overeem's chin has been in question. I mean, he's had some vicious knockouts in his day. He's had 60-plus fights. So that's, that's the question that comes to me is, does JDS have the fight IQ and the wherewithal to basically do what Overeem did, but Overeem had to do it for five rounds, and that caught up to him. JDS has to do it for three. Um, so that this fight, to me, again, is an absolute 100% no bet. Uh, I know 135 seems very appealing. I know Danny's on it. Danny's a phenomenal capper, uh, so you definitely can listen there. For me, it's just a no bet because, again, experience I really lean on. For the main event challenge, uh, I'm going to go JDS by decision. Uh, I don't feel super comfortable with it. I think that Jair could knock him out with the jab as well. Um, but I, I watched it over in fight live. I've seen it three or four times now at this point uh, between taping and stuff. And Rosenstruck has the potential. 34, 35, a couple years down the line, you know, maybe he'll be a guy who can – I don't know if I even see a title run in his future. A guy who – who can stop some up and coming talent, but JDS has that, that mental wherewithal and the ability and the experience, I think, to edge this decision out. Uh, all right, aggregators, you're up. Yeah. Let's see what uh, you have to say. I do. So first I want to clarify, Danny, your method there was strikes. Knockout. Yeah. Knockout. So um, Jarzinho's got the power. Jarzinho's got the power. That's all I need to say. Jarzinho's got the power. Reese, you started off this segment by just saying, this one's easy. Who's going to get the knockout? And then you went by decision. Uh, yeah. So far so, be it for me to fade your own advice. I'm going to take Rosenstreich by uh, strikes there. To the Let point that you just brought up, though, um, I, I, I think I am also going to – not a two-unit play, but a one-unit play on the over one-and-a-half here. I do, as Reese was saying, I think that JDS is going to have the better game plan coming in, and I think that he's kind of going to make Jarzinho chase him for a round. Um, is that a think, plus line? Do you know? No, I think it's a like a minus one ten. I think it's even. Okay, because but, um, that could, be, that could be a decent heads play too. The over one. The over one and a half. I really like here. 
So I just want to clarify quick before Parker gives his pick. Um, the thing for me that made me make that statement is JDS back in the day, known for, for knockouts, and you know JDS or uh, Jaya Rosenstruck is looking to kill. Um, so it was, a, it was a preface, but I just think that JDS's fight IQ, we'll get, we'll get that decision, but Kobe, way to call me out. Parker, let's hear your take. Um, I'm a big fan of JDS. I was going to go by decision, but I feel like I've been following your picks too much. So I'm going to go JDS by KO. Okay. So Parker um, is joining the JDS train, which is unreal for me. Uh, I love when he follows me, but he's going by KO, which then makes Kobe need to shut up because uh, it's still a KO fest. Um, Okay. So we're still going. I will say the one thing that worries me, about your KO pick, um, Parker, is besides the Francis Ngannou, who has unworldly power, like, I've seen Jarzinho eat, eat, eat overhands and eat shots seconds. from Alistair and, and from Andre Olavsky, guys that are killers. Um, I don't know, Francis, Francis Ngannou has just a different level of power in my head, but watching Jarzinho kind of not protect his head with the high guard and just eat those and or eat those overream overhands. It was weird to me. The guy's chin is just ridiculous. Yeah, and it's just like I look at his UFC experience and I see that super super quick knockout with the jab. He's really had limited cage time, other than the one really long fight with Alistair. We all agreed, fifty forty five until that shocking flash KO, and and he reminds me a lot of a Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis actually got a title fight against DC. And when you look at his fights, late knockout against Marcin Tibera, late knockout against Volkov, where he was losing the whole fight. Um, and so you're, you're giving guys in your mind wins who realistically, is it lock? No, but you run that fight back. Volkov plays more defensive with seven seconds left. Tibera plays more, de- more defensive with the last 30 seconds left. Like you could have a different outcome. Um, so it's, it's interesting. And you're going up, you're, you're going up against, no, the I, I definitely, the I definitely see you. Yeah. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. So, um, we're going to keep chugging along here. Um, so the, uh, welcome to the sugar show, a guy that a lot of people love total clown dyes his hair. He actually dyed his hair to the Ecuadorian flag for this one. Uh, tribute to Mar, uh, Cheeto Marlon Vera. So, Danny, I know you love O'Malley. You hate the ground game takes about O'Malley. Uh, who you got in this one? Why? And feel free to talk about his jiu-jitsu while you're at it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, there's, there's no hiding it. I'm a big Sugar Show fan. Um, the dude is the next biggest thing in terms of marketing in, in, in this sport. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. He sold or he made like twenty thousand dollars selling cheaply made like Celtics jerseys that all said O'Malley in I think it was like eight minutes or something. The dude is the biggest example, the most recent example of the biggest hype train in the UFC. Um, he's a Dana White contender series vet. He is a purple belt in jujitsu, not a black belt, and that's kind of where he gets a lot of hate. Uh, people, a lot of people don't think he can grapple as a guy who's watched his quintet ultra events and some other grappling tournaments. I hate that. I hate that slander. Sean O'Malley can definitely grapple. He can definitely hold his own. He is especially good defensive grappling. I know Marlon's a, a black belt that is going to 
kind of try and weaponize that. Um, similarly to the Marab John Dodson fight here, though, I'm picking Sean O'Malley by KO for the for the um, main event challenge. But in my opinion, this is a dog or pass bet. Seeing Cheeto Vera at plus two forty five today was a shocker for me. Uh, this is definitely the toughest test that Sean O'Malley has ever had. This is definitely the most legit fighter that he's ever faced. I don't see I don't see it being a smart bet laying the I think it's minus three hundred on Sean O'Malley right now. I think it's a dog or pass, but for the sake of the game, I'm going Sean O'Malley by knockout. Mm. Yeah, I think that was really actually a good job at diving in. He also, um, as we've discussed, uh, or we haven't discussed, we talked about how he, he made those jerseys and made a ton of money. He also is a big Twitch gaming streamer, uh, big gamer O'Malley. He brings his uh, gaming system everywhere, even if you, I don't know if anyone's watched in the embedded, but uh, when he was packing his bags, the only thing he made sure he had was his video games. So he's always a streamer, funny guy, hilarious guy, actually. Um, but and here's my big take. I've been watching O'Malley for a while, even before Contender Series, actually, because um, I heard that there was this long, lanky Irish clown who was fighting. And, you know, I want to take a peek at this, at this striker. Very lanky guy for 135. Um, the, the height advantage and reach advantage in most fights have absolutely uh, paid off for him. Big KO guy. He's, he's got a lot of good wins against Weiland. Uh, that was a quick, nasty knockout. Um, Canonez, I wasn't impressed with his contender series. I thought he made a guy that is extremely beatable. It's tough to say because he had the first round knockout, but it, it was, he had his moments, but it, it, it was questionable. Here's he he has gone on to say that that was the toughest weight cut of his life. I know that is okay. an excuse. No, that's good. But... No, that's, no, that's, that, that absolutely plays a factor. Um, but I faded him in the Andre Sukum type, in Sukum top fight. I, I like Sukum Todd, even though he had a tough, tough go at it in the UFC and, and recently got cut. O'Malley, if, if Sukumtad had the fight IQ of like a duck, he would have won that fight. Um, he, if you don't remember, uh, O'Malley absolutely torched his leg and knee and Sukumtad decided to dive in and go on the ground, which is just blasphemous to me. Um, this one's really tough for me. Uh, however, he's no joke on the ground, but Cheeto Vera, you know, we all know he's got that ground game. We all know we can win on the judges' scorecard. He wins by decisions a lot. And I also think that uh, a good com- or decent comparison to O'Malley was that Andre Ewell fight. Andre Ewell likes to strike. He's long. He's lanky. I would almost um, say that a, a decent comparison is the Song Yudong fight. Song Yudong. I thought Song Yudong, Song Yudong was going to run through Cheeto on the feet, and that was an almost even boxing match. I mean, I think it was me, a draw, right? No, it was a Yudong won by unanimous decision, but that oh, but that's the okay. thing too. If you look at Yudong and you aren't surprised when he mixes in wrestling. He he fought that Cody he fought, fought Cody Stamen, was able to wrestle with the best of them. And so it's even I'm looking at those guys who O'Malley to me, and I know you disagree, and I know we've even had fights off the podcast about this, is one dimensional. He's looking to stand and bang. He's looking to strike. And the UFC is giving him just that. He's yeah. they're giving him an Eddie Wyland. They're giving him guys who are prepared to stand and bang and prepared to just get absolutely annihilated. And I don't see that out of Cheeto Vera. So I'm going Marlon Cheeto Vera by decision here. Uh, Another dog for me. I'm risking my record on this card here. Uh, I just think that O'Malley 
as much as he's a fun guy to watch and as much as his hype train and his striking is exciting, he's 25 years old, has only three UFC fights against – or four against all guys who are looking to strike with you. Supertop looking to strike. Tarion Ware got cut from the UFC, was looking to strike, and he also made that fight look tough. Tarion Ware had his moments there. Um, Jose Canona is terrible. Feel free to tape him. You'll literally laugh. Uh, and then Eddie Wyland, a guy who has a glass chin now because he's been through so many battles. So I'm not impressed with O'Malley. He's a funny guy. He absolutely make a name for himself in the UFC, but he is absolutely beatable. Marlon Chito Vera by decision. He aggregates. He's definitely an exciting guy, though. Um, similarly to like O'Malley Demetri- or Vera? Johnson, uh, O'Malley. Similarly like Demetrius Johnson and Connor and Wonderboy, he's going to get in there. Show you both stances and show you maybe like 18 different striking attacks in the first 30 seconds. The dude loves to mix it up and loves to show you and confuse you with his striking. Are you concerned about his his striking confidence? He loves to leave his hands low because of it. He loves to leave his hands low. He loves spinning attacks because they're flashy. They're fun. He's a great – dude, don't get me wrong. He's an exciting fighter. He's a fun fighter. He's a guy who Connor, I think, was your best um, comparison because of the personality outside the ring. He's absolutely going to make himself uh, a name in the sport if he hasn't already. Um, I just think that guys like that, guys who are overconfident, guys who are long and lengthy strikers, guys who are one-dimensional, um, I just think that they they have holes that can, that can be uh, that can be exposed, and I think Cheeto Vera is going to do just that. I think that this is your this is your fight where um I'm going to be I'm going to be wrong in in my I I will defend him not being one dimensional but this is the fight where it's the come right. to Jesus moment it's the and, look and, in the mirror and, moment and and respect I mean you're taking the overdog in in the game so respect that okay aggregates let's hear you heard Danny's take you heard my take they were different again feel free Kobe Parker what you got aggregates i refer to myself as an aggregator um, you're an aggregate you're an aggregator casual is what you are but i'm not trying to sling you know, this, those are fighting words this casual tailed your picks and danny's picks and ended up up about four units last week so i'll i'll take it as it sits um we love that we love that five five dollar units there you can buy himself a snickers <laughs> proceed <laughs> a couple nick chickens he can feed himself for a week <laughs> Shots fired, I hear you, but whatever, we're, we're moving on. I'm sticking with Sugar Sean, the favorite. Um, I'm going to go by strikes. Uh, he's won six of his last eight decisions by strikes, so um, I'm going to sit there. Parker, come to the dark side. What's your pick? So, I actually texted Kobe prior to you making your picks because I don't want the listeners to think I'm just following every single one of your picks. non so I am taking uh, Vera, but I'm taking Let's go. By, by submission. Wow. wow. That could That's... happen. And Dan, for, those, for those listeners, Danny DK Capper MMA always touts Sean O'Malley's purple belt and his BJJ skills. So this would be a, this would be a, a shot in the face for sure. I mean, I hear Parker, Parker, I'm, I'm going to say this, and this might be the Malort talking, but this is a one-sided <laughs> Malort bet. If Sean O'Malley gets tapped, I will drink Malort next week as well. Let's go! I, I, I see. Too. The thing is, he I'm sad. I, no, absolutely not. <laughs> the thing is, I've rode this. I, I will die on this. Sean O'Malley can grapple Hill, 
and I might die this Saturday. Danny, I know it doesn't mean as much to you because I'm just a casual, but I will also uh, be, I'll bet that my Lord as well. So. Okay, I love it. Thank you. Here we go. Here we go. This is a podcast for punishment. So, Parker, <laughs> if Cheeto Vera loses in general, you'll rip Malort at a plus 200 favorite or underdog? Sure. We'll make it interesting. Yeah, wow. sure. Wow, boys. Okay, somebody is drinking Malort here. Unless Vera wins. Then we might to rename the podcast to Who's Drinking Malort This Week podcast. Wait, so, <laughs> honest, Danny now. drinks if he gets tapped. Danny drinks if Vera right. sucks. I just, if he, if Vera, I, my, my bet is based on my dying on the hill of O'Malley grapple. But you betting Malort on a sub would be savage because that's got to be plus fucking like four or five hundred. <laughs> well, I will also be so, betting it. So I could either come into this podcast next week up money and also watching Danny drink Malort or I'm down right. money and yeah. I'm drinking Malort. Right. We can do, we can do if the fight goes to decision, it's off. I have the O'Malley by yeah. KO and you have uh, Vera by sub and it's it's That's, a very it's a prop bet. Yeah, I like There's that. a chance like no that. one drinks that Malort, works. but it's not yeah, that, that like one-sided. No, and for those viewers right now who are wondering Malort, feel free to not only go look at our Twitter, Danny drinking it, but go watch some videos of people taste testing the Lord. It is not a joke. This is not a laughing matter. Do not try this at home. Um, it is an absolute disgusting barrel of, of just absolute fermented Jaeger. You know the what? guy at the liquor party. store laughed at me when I was checking out. I believe – do you want – how many bottles of Malort were missing when you went to check out? Uh, none. The shelf zero. was full. <laughs> yeah, the shelf was full. I actually beg you. I would. I'm, I would recommend those of our viewers and listeners that are 21 years and older to go out and taste test Malort themselves. I mean, there's only one way to test it you, out. No free you, ads. No, if you if you taste test Malort and you tweet at Ankle Pick Pod a video of you taste testing Malort, um, we will reward you some way. Uh, maybe some merch or some shit. Um, free picks. Uh, free, well, picks. free picks works. Except they already have that because they listen. So that's a thing. Um, you somehow feel free to go try Malort and punish yourself join the crew uh it's a fun time okay so we've been split most of the way which is good this will really mix up the rankings this week this is what everyone paid the price of admission for this right here is why you're listening to this podcast Daniel Cormier for Stipe Miocic three the trilogy it's one to one so far DC won by knockout then Stipe won by TKO. Um, they're coming into this third trilogy fight. Cormier has said on, on a million occasions, this is his last bout. Um, so if you're new to the MMA scene, uh, you're really going to watch a legend make his way out of uh, the best sport in the world. So the best part about this one, the line is minus 110 each way. It is dead even. Um, so this one should hopefully be a little split. This will be some fun. Danny. Leave this one off too. I, I'm I'm giving you the preferential treatment this week. Well, there's there, there's the sentiment that um, was pretty prevalent back. I mean, most recently with Mike Tyson of who's the baddest man in the world, and now with the explosion of the UFC, this heavyweight championship fight is really in my head. Who is the baddest man in the world? Um. I actually was on Stipe in both the first and the second one. Um, I thought that his ability to maintain distance and kind of strike from the distance would be advantageous. And I'm actually flipping 
because of the smaller cage here. Um, I think that DC telling him to go get his wrestling shoes is pretty, it's pretty telling. I think this is going to be a much more boring wrestling heavy fight than the first two were. Uh, One thing I'm really worried about though, is DC fighting too emotional. He's a guy who's been known to kind of sacrifice his talent and his pedigree as a, as a martial artist when he gets emotional, whether it being the John Jones two fights where he was like, if I don't win this, everything I've been training for is moot. Like my life is over. And now entering into what he's, as you saw, said a second ago, and what he said multiple times is his last fight before retirement. He's very much considering laying his gloves down in the center of the octagon afterwards, win or lose. It worries me about him fighting emotional. Uh, the other sure. thing that worries me is the layoff that he's had. It's been a year, almost more, I think actually more than of, a year. A lot of injuries too. Back and injuries, and surgeries. in the second one, being honest, DC looked fat to me. He looked like well, he, he was did, a guy yeah, who was happy that he, he was happy that he got the belt and he was no longer focusing as much on himself. And he kind of let himself come into the fight mm-hmm. thinking, I knocked this guy out last time. I'm going to do it again. It's going to be easy. It wasn't easy. Steve Bay is one of the greatest heavyweight fighters in the UFC history, in my opinion. Um, his track record speaks for itself. Um, so pending the weigh-in results, I'm going DC here. I what? think he's going to finish it. Your whole speech said the contrary. Okay, you're going DC here? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So I know his, his words of wisdom would absolutely point towards Stipe. Uh, you think uh, Cormier close off, close off his career with a big old dub? Yeah. So I, I think that the small cage really gets it done. I think that it's going to be wrestling heavy. I think that Stipe is not going to be able to kind of dance around the edge and land his body strikes that he figured out in the fourth round. But, I think that you don't be- think – you don't think the small cage would help the striker? No, I think it's going to help the grappler. I think it's going to be a clinch fest from the beginning. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be exactly where DC wants to play. It's going to be clinches, takedowns. Um, I think he's going to pick him up over his shoulder and get a slam at some point. I think that it's going to be a wrestling-heavy, boring fight that DC either ekes out a decision or gets a late, I'm talking fourth or fifth round, ground and pound TKO from a big slam and good positioning. Uh, for the game, I'm going DC by decision. Interesting. Okay. That's and this is a guy, I'm a big Stipe fan. I was on Stipe yeah. and the other two. That's interesting. So this is actually extremely interesting because I was on DC for the other two. Um, both the other two, I was on DC. Um, he, if I had a Mount Rushmore of MMA, uh, I, I believe I would probably have DC on there. I know a lot of people, uh, use the John Jones fights against him. Um, I don't want to go there right now, but um, the thing that is so interesting about this fight to me is the size. I know people say Daniel Cormier can fight at heavyweight. He looks so freaking small standing next to Stipe. Stipe is so much bigger. If you look at a sheer talent perspective, I think Daniel Cormier is more talented than Stipe Miocic. I will die on that pedestal. I think that his wrestling ability is top of the class. And I touched earlier on the podcast about how I think that's the best foundation to have. His 
competitive attitude and his mentality is second to none. His experience is second to none. And he also only has two losses, both of which to a cheating John Jones. And whether that mattered or not, that's a discussion for another time. Oh, and D- so and the Stipe. One, one, yeah, and the Stipe. So lost to, lost to John Jones, lost to Stipe. I forgot that one of them got overturned. So uh, DC Stipe, who, who obviously are some of the best. I don't see Daniel Cormier going out on a loss like that. I just, I don't see it. However, and this is big. I think that the layoffs, as you touched on, the back surgeries, as you touched on, um, the thoughts of retirement and going out on a win and, and seeing his family that he desperately misses, I think that that'll weigh on him. I, I worry about his fight IQ. I, not, or not fight IQ. Um, I worry about his fight emotions. When you fight with emotions in this sport, um, it, it looked like he got cocky in, in D.C. too, which is something that you never see from D.C. And, it's, and it touches back to just him fighting emotionally and letting and his head kind of get overinflated. And that's the thing to me is Stipe's 37 years old, which obviously is a little older. This, this realistically, honestly, could be Stipe's last fight too. There's been rumbling right. for that. D.C., 41, has had multiple back surgeries for injuries. Um, I think – that and do not get me wrong here. I think Daniel Cormier again is one of the best fighters to ever do it. I think he's one of the guys that when I look at my whole UFC fandom experience, Daniel Cormier is a guy to me that really got me into the sport. I love his competitive attitude, and I bet the reason why I bet the first two fights is on his competitiveness. I said this man won't lose. He won't allow himself to lose, even if he, even if he's undersized, even if the guy is a better fighter. Um, with with striking or whatever it is, because I don't think there's going to be a better wrestler. DC won't allow himself to lose because he wants it so freaking bad. Um, but again, that was just a ginormous rant. I love both these guys beyond belief. I'm taking Stipe. I'm swapping. Danny swapping. I'm taking mm-hmm. Stipe. I'm taking Stipe by KOTKO. Um, I really, really, really hate to do it. It is absolutely a no bet for me, even at even. Um, this fight is one that just sit back, uh, make the popcorn, and enjoy it as a fan. It is an amazing fight. It's a fight that will be talked about for a long time. Um, and it's a big, big, big part of the history of the sport. Uh, yeah, this is for sure that, no bet for me as well. Um, I yeah. am curious, Reese, how do you see Stipe getting the uh, TKO? Do you see him digging the body shots again, or do you see it being more of a – I think, I think that – so that's a good question. I expect DC to instantly engage in a grappling and clinch battle. I mean, that's where DC wants it. That's where DC needs to have it. Um, I just think that with Stipe's size, I think that – because, again, this is five rounds. Three rounds, I honestly might sway towards DC. And it's not even a cardio thing. It's more of how long can DC grind this one out? How long can DC take him to the ground, control him on the ground, um, control him in the clinch, um, I, I've asked that question to myself a lot. And, and in the second answer- fight, Stipe landed a takedown out the clinch. I don't, I don't want to drive no, past no, that. but so No, no, that's the thing. is It's like you got to remember, okay, is DC the superior wrestler? Undoubtedly so. I mean, it's not – anyone won't question that. My thing that goes into these fights when I look and, – and this was a big bet. This is a big part of our bet on Weidman. I very value – I value size a lot. And the reason why is because when you get to this level, this this 
tier above every other tier of pro mixed martial arts. I mean, these guys are the best of the best. Size matters so much because the skill sets are so similar. And for that reason, um, when I look at the size, I think DC uh, is a natural 205-er. I think that he is overall, when he looks back in his career, I think the John Jones will always haunt him. Um, and he already has that legacy. What is he fighting for? Stipe wants to prove – Stipe has that I am the best heavyweight to ever live. Am I going to lose to a guy who's a natural lightweight, even though he's a more skilled wrestler than me? I – I don't think so. I don't even love Stipe as a fighter. I won't even lie. I like, I won't lie. When I taped, I watched a lot of his fights. I watched, I mean, I watched them all live, but I rewatched them for taping just to refresh the memory. Um, I watched him fight DC both times. I watched him fight in Ghana. That was just a pure IQ play. Um, I watched him fight Overeem, which he had his moments. He's been rocked. He's been rocked. And so I worry about Stipe. Um, I just think that the size is going to play an overwhelming factor here. I think the TKO is going to be just wearing on DC. Like you said, he looked a little fat, looks a little big. Um, he's old. His chin is old. He's faced it all. Um, and I just think, I think Stipe is going to wear on him. I think it's going to be a fight for the ages. I'm going to take Stipe by TKO. I really think he's going to um, just grind it out, get DC to a point of exhaustion. And I think he, I, I kind of honestly picture it up. Um, not necessarily on the ground, but he's going to he's gonna hit him hard with a clean one. Uh, I expect right hook, but who the hell knows. And when he drops, that's where it's going to finish. You know, hammer fists or uh, up against the cage like last time. I just think Stipe's got the size, the speed, and the power to finish this one. So you don't um, think that he's going to go in weaponizing body shots? You think he's going to No, I think he'll play the body boxing. shot for sure. I think he'll play the body shots for sure, and I think he – I think – I also expect DC to absolutely work that lower inside calf kick, try to take away the power of DC um, or Stipe and set up that takedown. I really yeah. foresee um, because DC has got one of the best fight IQs in the game. And I see them, uh, it's going to be, it's not going to be one of those brawls where they just stand and bang. You see it a lot of like, like the first one when they were swinging the clinch. Right. I don't see that happening. Me neither. Me neither. Me neither. They're both so technically sound, such a veteran of the sport and they're both good in their own facets that I think, um, they're just going to play it out as smart as they can. I expect DC to chop at that front leg, try to take the power away. I think Stipe is going to try to use his length um, to try to defend the takedown a little bit because if, you're, if you can use your length and your range and striking, DC has more of a distance to close on his takedowns. So um, he's going to have to decide when he wants to shoot, uh, when the right time to shoot is, and how he's going to really take him down. Might use the fence to his advantage, like you said, smaller ring. Uh, I just really am banking on the size here. Similarly to the um, Overeem-Rosen strike fight, upon re-watching, I scored um, DC Stipe 2. Not a sweep, but I think that it was 30-27, or I guess 39-37. Um for DC in the, in the, in the second one before he got knocked out with those body shots. And I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're obviously all really passionate about not only the sport, but this fight in particular, uh, this is one where I've seen, we've all seen all of them, but um, I've been watching DC for a very, very long time. As much as I don't want to, I'm not even that old. I don't want to age myself though. I've been watching him uh, all the way back from strike force. Uh, he's, he's a guy that, to me, really shaped the whole sport. So it's hard to pick against him. 
Uh, no bet because it really could go either way. Uh, aggregators, let's tap you in. Me and Danny are too passionate. We need to, <laughs> to road check it. Uh, Parker, who you got? I'm going to go with DC. I want to take him by decision, but I want to get some points back. Plus, I had a dream about I, he was in a 30 for 30, and he got a KO. Um, the dream bets. The dream bets. Uh, DC by KO. Okay. I, li- I like that, that. And that happened in number one. Yeah, that's possible for sure. Because it, it's – I'm going to check the line on that while Kobe goes. Kobe, uh, who are you liking and why? I am a big fan of the dream bets. I know Reese, Parker, Danny, I know I've told you about <laughs> my Gary Woodland dream bet at the Masters. So, I'm still riding that one. Um, yeah. Man, this is such a fun one. From from a casual to casuals out there, this is one worth paying for on the pay per view. This is just the heavyweight bout. This is this is this is what UFC is all about. I'm I'm just who's the like, baddest in the world? Right. This is number three. Like, cannot wait for this one. I, I'm gonna take Miocic. I'm gonna take Miocic by. Ah, I'm still torn. I'm gonna take Miocic. I don't see it going five, but I'm going to take Miocic, I guess, by strikes. Um, yeah, this is crazy. We're all split yet again. This card is really, really going to determine the main event challenge. Um, once again, I cannot stress enough, go follow us on Twitter, Ankle Pick Pod. We're not only going to be breaking down our final bets, which have been absolute money lately, um, so a second income for you, uh, but I'm sure we'll also be live tweeting these and, and, and talking a lot about uh, these fights and the updating on the main event challenge, so stay tuned there. Kobe, love the pick. Um, we're going to finish off this podcast. We ran a little longer than expected. We're very passionate. It's a pay-per-view week. Uh, forgive us. Um, one of the lesser cards, we'll try to cut it down to save you guys some time during your week. Um, Danny, let's close this mf off with a shot of Malort. Closing the bet. Um, the oh, widest Ahmedov. Medov. Uh, for those of you who want to watch Danny suffer, feel free again. Go follow the Twitter. Danny is ripping shot number four of Malort, the grossest drink on earth. And I, and I know I, I know I gave you all something to ponder while I took my first one. Um, here's your something to ponder while I take this last one. Reese mentioned that there's a chance both DC and Stipe lay down the gloves after, regardless of how this one goes. And we could be losing the champ and the number one contender in the heavyweight division. Who do you guys have in a potential Francis Ngannou, Curtis Blades, Trilogy rematch. Do you think it goes the exact same way? I think they do. Nganu over him. Um, Blades has lost to Nganu twice. So, all right, boys. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, he's taking it. No way to go. You got to get it. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. This amazing podcast. Cheers to DC Stipe. (laughs) Two of us to ever do it. Uh, Props to Matt Salranchu who's got to deal with Danny's Malort ass after this one. Yep. Um, Danny, good luck on the rest of your day. Stay safe. We're going to have this podcast up hopefully by Friday. Our editor, Parker, uh, is absolutely the man. Um, please rate, like, uh, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Ready. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, which I've Tune in Saturday Twitter. for official bets. Um, yeah, Saturday we'll have our official bets up. Uh, we also will be interacting and live tweeting, so feel free to – uh, for those real hardcores, follow us, tweet at us, make fun of Danny for the Malort. We'd love to see it. 
Um, go ahead, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Google Play Store, Apple Pods, rate, like, subscribe, uh, the whole nine yards. We really appreciate it. Uh, we love this sport more than anything else, and we love all that you uh, Until next time, uh, cheers, baby. Surprise, surprise, the pod is back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.